on today's episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. Photo opportunities. Look how great I am. Look what I do with my children. This is, I'm great. I'm amazing. Look what we're doing. Look what I bought them. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. So every opportunity is an opportunity to uh, support the image or the story or the narrative that they want the outside world to believe. So it's like the, let's just for ease use mail. It's the Disneyland dad thing. So they can snap lots of photos. Mm -hmm. Look what I bought them. Look what we're doing. You know, but the camera shuts off and they go and treat the child or ignore them or the child's walking on eggshells. That's not true. But photos, people just look at the surface. So it looks like everyone's having fun. It's not true. This episode is sure to deliver stimulating conversations and aha moments that may give you a fresh perspective. If any moment made your soul vibrate, please leave us a review and let us know if we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe and visit BlackGirlsGettingTheirShiftTogether.com to access exclusive offers and coaching packages. The coaching packages include clarity calls, VIP one-on-one exclusive coaching, and my absolute favorite, the Tribe Vibes. A Tribe Vibe is a twist on ladies' night, focusing on self-care for black women with a holistic approach. Welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I'm your host, Ursula, a transformation life coach and mental health and wellness advocate. This is a safe space for amazing Black women to share open, honest dialogue about mental health and wellness, self-care, self-love, and basically how to get our shift together. Let's tune in to this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. All right. Happy Thanksgiving Eve. This is what we're doing tonight. So we're going to have a really good show tonight. Um, It's all about the holiday here. So it's about gift giving. So we're going to give gifts and tools how to deal with co-parenting with a high conflict ex. We've done this before a couple months ago, but this time we are going to do it again with a twist because the holidays are coming up. And sometimes we just cannot not be around certain people in our lives. So we are going to have some tools given. But before I do that, I'm going to play this dope intro. the queen sisters manifesting their dreams get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem beauty supreme and booty walk so mean the way you fit in them jeans you eat your cornbread and greens dance or a doctor red wine or vodka redesign your spot and redefine your mantra retwist your locks and realign your chakras doing your squats and getting closer to god huh brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip adjust your crown you guys give to the world sis celestial body drink your water meditate sun kiss goddess heavenly order Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you
you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog. And we are back. Again, welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. My name is Ursula, and I am your host for tonight. But before we get started, let's take care of some housekeeping. First and foremost, please like, comment, share this video so we can get these algorithms up, so we can give people some tools to take into the holidays, to dealing with their, their uh, high conflict ex. Also, because it is the holiday coming up, I have a Black Friday sale. So you go on blackgirlsgettingtheirshifttogether.com, uh, search the merch link, click on it. You're going to see all the items on there. Items like uh, this, I don't know if you can see it, my uh, windbreaker, some Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together merch, t-shirts, candles, all of that. Go and check it out. And the discount code is BGGTST, just like you see on my T-shirt. All right, we're going to get straight into this now. I have my lovely guest, Sarah Komodo. She is tuning in from Australia. Let me bring her out of the waiting room. Hello. How are you, beautiful? I'm well. How are you going? I'm very well. You know, it's always a delight when I have you on. Always a delight. I always learn a lot. Always. Always, always fun times. Isn't it? <laughs> Remember when we had half last year, we had happy hour? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we uh, should have done it this time. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's midday now. It's okay. I can have a drink. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. I it's only just midday. <laughs> so. So here in America, it's eight o'clock. Wait, Thursday, eight p.m. What time is it in Australia? So it's now. Wednesday, eight p.m. Where you are? It's wait. Excuse me. It's Wednesday, eight p.m. <laughs> I don't even yeah. know what time zone I'm in. <laughs> no, it's Thursday midday here. Ah, Thursday midday. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, what's that? Uh, nine, ten, twelve, sixteen hours ahead. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Holy day. <laughs> I know. That's why I, when I asked you, well, how was your day? You're like, my day just started. Just started. <laughs> Not longer. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm winding down on mine. Yeah. All right. right. So let's get our shift together. Tonight's topic is co-parenting with a high conflict ex during the holiday. Do you all have some kind of Thanksgiving in Australia or equivalent to it? Uh, no, just Christmas Day. Um, uh, unless there are Americans here who uh -huh. do celebrate Thanksgiving, right? Um, but yeah, we don't have the equivalent of that. Yeah, because I know your Thanksgiving is kind of like as big as Christmas Day. For it, I guess, it, it's, yeah, it is. Yeah, maybe more. That's when you have the turkey on Thanksgiving, whereas we have turkey Christmas Day. Ah, yeah. I think you guys have maybe ham Christmas Day. I've heard we have. Um, well, I didn't grow up eating the ham, but yeah, we have ham, turkey. Mm. Um, but see, I'm Panamanian, so we had rice and peas, gunga peas, yeah. yuca, yeah. plantain. 
you know yeah, the Jamaican the Jamaican South yeah. Christmas yeah yeah, yeah. that was regular for us you know as opposed to the mashed potatoes and you Sweet know potato thing and whatever yeah I, I yeah. don't know the, uh, the things but yeah yeah I just know there's food and celebrations <laughs> and in some cases toxicity <laughs> yes Probably in most cases, to varying degrees, if you're dealing with family members uh, and you only see them a few times a year, especially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or high conflict co-parents. Exactly. And, you know, speaking of that, it is a happy time of year, but it also can be very triggering for a lot of people. Um, I know I used to have a very, before I started going to therapy, I used to have extremely... um, my anxiety would increase this time of year Hmm. because I felt forced and obligated to be in situations um, with family gatherings. And it just was not, it wasn't fun. It wasn't enjoyable. I think people do that a lot, like grin and bear it. And there's always that one family member or maybe several who are just awful and make it just uh draining and a horrible experience yet we still continue to put ourselves in those positions and those situations because what you're supposed to do apparently right what you're supposed to do so Mm. for some people who have not met you before um you all are gonna have to go back in the memory banks in the library so you can see some of the streams that sarah and i have done but as a quick recap can you tell people what kind of coach you are and how you coach people? Yeah, so I'm a high conflict co-parenting coach. And I always say, it's not that I'm high conflict. I help women co-parent with someone who is high conflict, abusive, toxic, narcissistic, whatever it may be, plain difficult. doesn't even matter. I put them in the same bucket because if you're, if you share children with somebody of that nature and it's anything less than an amicable, calm relationship, then you're dealing with somebody who is high conflict. Um, obviously, there's a spectrum. And with that comes many unique challenges, especially coming up to the holidays, especially when it comes to medical decisions, schooling, uh, finances, everything will be harder. So I always like the catch-all phrases, like you have to parent a thousand times harder when you have a co-parent of that nature. Why do they make things so difficult? Because what's difficult for everyone else is nice and fun and entertaining and not difficult for them. It's just control, supply, you know, to know that they still have the element of control to ruffle your feathers and, uh, you know, resist everything that you want to do or say, uh, or if you want to advocate for your children, yeah, they will just do what they want because they have their own rules, mm. unfortunately. Unfortunately. Um, I want to read a couple of sentences. I got this from survivedivorce.com and it talks about high conflict exes, narcissistic exes, and they talk about how they dwell in anger and live for vengeance. They must be the winner, the best, and take great pleasure in tormenting you still. And years could pass, but a high conflict person can be unrelenting. They view yeah. themselves as special, entitled, and above others, and everyone else is simply inferior. They manipulate reality, meaning they lie and cheat. 
than to justify it to themselves and others to make their wretchedness seem necessary and okay. And unfortunately, children are witnessing all of this. Yeah, children witness that and children to them are seen as possessions. So your children to you, you always make as a safe parent decisions for your children's best interest and look after their emotional health. Whereas this other person, this other parent will do what they want despite the negative impact it has on the child because they don't care. As long as they get their needs met and their agenda is uh, fulfilled, you know, the child is just collateral damage, but they will, especially if they're highly covert, portray themselves to be this amazing parent, great pillar of the community, uh, and be really likable to those who don't actually know who the person is behind closed doors. Right. Yeah. And I learned that it it's their sense of perfectionism that they want other people to see. Not saying that they are perfect, but I think that they know deep down that they are not. Uh, yes, um, I, I don't know. I think, um, well, this is my belief. They know they're highly insecure. They know they are flawed, but they will never ever look within. They're not self-aware. They, It's too painful to look within and do the work and actually dig deep because you'll uncover some ugly stuff. And who wants to do that? Especially if you spent 30, 40, 50, 60 years being who you are. In, in your mind, successful in trampling all over people, abusing others, treating them like crap mm. because they're so fearful of you, then why stop doing what works? And if it stops working with someone, they just move on to the next. It's, it's what they do. What do you mean fearful of you? No, um, no, they're not fearful, but oh. they, like the people on the receiving end, you know, if they're scared then they get to fulfill their agenda. So to keep you in this position of being scared, um, fearful of ruffling any feathers. So they just get to keep you down so that they get to suit their agenda. As soon as you start rising up, pushing back, they dislike it, they have this not rage. And that's where it refers back to that article. They will try to destroy you because how dare you? Right. And I hear a key word is rage. Ooh, and mm. it can be so ugly to the, and it's so, it can be so hidden that people don't see it. You know, yeah. I've actually been questioned, are you sure that they are like that? Are you oh, sure? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I end up gaslighting uh, my own self. Like, yes. well, maybe it's, not. It's not like you have to be sure you know how it felt and you know how it feels. So you don't have to justify that to anybody if they don't see it. You know, this person isn't like that to everybody. Otherwise, they would have no one in their lives. They only show the face they want to show. So people who say that, it's not very helpful. They don't know any better, but it does, doesn't help because then it gets you second guessing. Oh, maybe I'm just being a bit sensitive. Maybe they're not that bad. Right. No, you trust your, trust your experience because they pick and choose who they want to show their true selves to or glimpses of. And they, especially if they're covert, they will have this mask on because they will protect this identity that they have created no matter what. Yes. No matter what. By any means necessary. Yep. If it means lying, they'll lie. Lying in court, they'll do it. Lying in the, under oath, they'll do it. If it means, you know, killing someone, they will probably do it. See? You know I mean? Yeah. There are no lengths they won't go to. 
Wow. And, and you know, this is why I feel that therapy is so important because the times that I, I didn't know I was self-gaslighting myself and it was more important to prove my point to other people as opposed to just what you just said. I know the truth. So that's all that it matters. And I didn't realize yeah. that I had spent my whole life trying to convince people. Even I knew what I knew and felt what I felt. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, because it's well, it's kind of natural because it's like, well, if other people can see it, then it means that it's it's it is true. It's not my imagination. But it's it's getting to that place where you trust how things feel for yourself. So you trust yourself enough so you don't need that validation outside of yourself. Right. You know, but if you, you know, if you can't self-validate, which a lot of us haven't been able to because of, you know, how we were raised or the relationships that we've had, we do look outside of ourselves. And if people are saying, like an example is I received a birthday card. It was my birthday this week from a family member and someone else. Happy belated birthday. (laughs) And someone else said, oh, that's nice, I guess. And I said, no, no, that's not nice. Like that's and if I wasn't self-validated if I was kind of at the beginning of my journey you are you then look at oh in isolation that gesture is nice I should say thank you because I'm a nice person and then that opens up the door you're no longer no contact with this person and give it a few months or even years and they will go and continue doing what they did previously their behavior hasn't changed because they haven't changed but them reaching out sending a card even though you're no contact is a hoover attempt but to the outside world friends and family or others it's like well that's nice yes it is nice but not when you stack it with all the other things that they've done it's not nice i see it for what it is so i didn't have a go at the person i have no attachment i actually haven't even opened the card and i knew it was coming because they send it every year but i just uh, it motivated me to do a, a reel about it about how friends and family can unintentionally gaslight us and if you're not careful you're going to take that on board and then end up in the cycle of abuse again Mm. so yeah it's not nice yes it's a nice gesture if you look at just somebody sent you a birthday card but it isn't nice it's a manipulation tactic yeah yeah very much exactly (laughs) i love what you just said and it was so enlightening when you're in isolation everything seems nice yeah I just had an aha moment, literally. See, this is why I like having you on so much. I never thought about it like that. Mm. Yeah, because, you know, people of this nature, whatever you want to label them as, they are not awful all of the time. They can be what can be perceived as nice or not bad. But when you look at all the nice things and ignore the bad things, then you're in la-la land. And then, you know... If you only look at the nice things, um, when the bad thing happens, it's like we think, oh, that's just a slip up. That's just them having a bad time or that's just them, you know, in a mood or whatever. But it's actually, no, that's their default. The other bit, the nice is the fakeness is not real. That's the mask. But we get it the wrong way around. And that's why I think we stay a lot longer in these kind of relationships or, you know, whether romantic or family relationships. Absolutely. I read somewhere that when you grow up in a in a toxic home as a child, that if your parent or the people of origin that you're around, 
And if just say if they are toxic, I don't know, 70% of the time, but that 30 or that 20% where they are nice, like we hold on to that so much because that's the part that made us feel so safe. And I believe it because then when we're an, an adult, we ignore the, the same. Exactly. You do the same yeah. thing. You ignore the toxicity. Oh, well, he sent, she sent a card and yeah. then just hover on that as opposed to no, not knowing that we are being hovered. Yeah. And you know what? It's, it's like, um, I don't want to say it's like an addiction, but it's like we wait for that good to come so that when it does come, we kind of are really grateful for it. Whereas, no, it's, it, we shouldn't be grateful for something so small and something so surface level as well. Um, exactly. And it's, yeah, it's all wrapped up into like realizing your worth when you don't know your worth. And you may think that you love yourself, but actually you don't if you continue to put your value um, or the value that other people put on you as your value. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's... Uh, I think when you have, let's say, a romantic relationship of this nature, I always say that, you know, if you trace it back, there was somebody, guardian, parent, who had similar traits. People don't have to necessarily fulfill the label of whatever you want to call it. But however you grew up, you then became accustomed to that treatment and it became then comfortably, you're comfortable in the uncomfortable, if that makes sense. Oh, Yes, that makes absolute sense. That makes is is that toxic cycle that continues. Wait, yeah. what is this term I learned in my group therapy? Uh, compulsion, repetition, compulsion. I mm. think I said it right. But yeah, you you're you have a compulsion to continue to do the repetitive toxic behaviors. Or good behaviors, but more likely the toxic behaviors. And because that's what we learn when we're younger, we just keep doing it and it's normal. And then just like you said, we become comfortable with the uncomfortable or the the normalcy, but it's really dysfunctional. Yeah. So you don't realize that it's not normal. It's, it's your normal, but it's not normal in the scheme of what is possible and how it should be how relationships and interaction should be yeah exactly i'm gonna read um i love your instagram and i'm gonna drop your instagram in the chat in a moment and anyone listening we're gonna get into the live q and a's but just to we're gonna just massage you a little bit so sarah (laughs) this was from your instagram which i thought was so spot on i talked about holidays with a narcissist when you share children and this could also be grandchildren you think as well or like little people what are your thoughts because um do you mean like if you have a co-parent who is a grandparent of your like you're both grandparents is that what you mean yes um or is it more well more direct with your own children because the other parent and you kind of are forced to have this closer relationship Mm. whereas grandparents you know the parents are in between it's like there's a bit of a buffer there okay that makes sense that makes perfect sense so you have on your instagram with the holidays fast approaching 
please keep in mind the for in the forefront of your mind that this is usually when things start getting heated. Number one, your high conflict co-parenting co-parent will be asking for more time with the children. Why is that? <laughs> Why not? Photo opportunities. Look how great I am. Look what I'm doing with my children. This is, I'm great. I'm amazing. Look what we're doing. Look what I bought them. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. So every opportunity is an opportunity to uh, support the image or the story or the narrative that they want the outside world to believe. So it's like the let's just for ease use mail. It's the Disneyland dad thing. So they can snap lots of photos. Mm -hmm. Look what I bought them. Look what we're doing. Look at what, you know, but the camera shuts off and they go and treat the child or ignore them or the child's walking on eggshells. That's not true. But photos, people just look at the surface. So it looks like everyone's having fun. It's not true. I just mm -hmm. have a flood of memories <laughs> that are coming in and it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. Wow. Yeah. Mm photo opportunities or whatever it may be just about other people seeing how much fun the children are having with you right so you, must, you must be great you must be as great as you say you are mm -hmm. <laughs> i call those instagram pictures instagram fathers instagram mothers yeah just like social media but then they're ignoring the child or belittling denigrating letting them cry themselves to sleep behind closed doors. It's like that picture doesn't show that. Are you showing that to your friends and family? No, you're not. I wonder why. Exactly. Hmm. All right. Moving forward, um, the next slide says, whatever prearranged plans you have, they'll mess with your schedule. I'm assuming that comes into the control part. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I mean, this comes up so many times and it, it's whether you have a parenting plan in place or not, even if you do have a, a formal parenting plan in place and you've organized to do this and they're going to have them these days, you're going to have them these days, something will come up usually and something's going to change. And it's usually just for, excuse me, yeah, the control. If I go and make some drama here, then this is going to change this and I get to stuff up this person's plan. I mean, I don't think they're consciously thinking that, but it's all like, how can I mess this up? What is the element of control I can have here? Or, you know, saying they're going to have the children, but they're not having them or wanting to switch the days or wanting to um, take the children away somewhere at the last minute. You know, whatever's written in the parenting orders, um, they don't normally stick to that and stick to um, what's written there. They find loopholes and ways around. And if you give in enough times, you've trained them to know that, uh, you don't you're not really going to stick to this so I can just keep pushing and pushing and pushing until I pressurize you to agree oh that's some good stuff right there um yeah. it's definitely the control and yeah. um this is why boundaries are so important yeah and sticking to them not just setting them sticking to them reaffirming them consistently diligently like a broken record that's how you need to do it. There's no deviating. There's no varying. You just got to kind of, uh, some people might think that's exhausting or might think it's harsh. It's like, you know, certain people need consistent um, treatment in the same way each and every time. 
Mm-hmm. And I always say it's like dog training. You have to train them of what's acceptable, what isn't acceptable. Absolutely. And uh, it goes back to what we just talked about a few minutes ago on being true and have enough self-value that you know what you want and need as opposed to letting outside factors. Oh, well, that's that's a, a mother, father of your children. Be nicer. Yeah. It's a holiday. Someone... Loosen up. You only yes. live once. Or they've been quite good for a while. Let let them, you know, just say yes. It's and then guess what happens? You get fucked over again. It's like you cannot be surprised if the same thing keeps happening when you keep allowing this to happen. Not that it's your fault, but you need to draw a line in the sand. Absolutely. I've even been told, and this is very triggering for me with the over-spirituality of it. You need to, if you don't, you know, you, you're not being a good Christian. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It, that you know, and that is, that's, that's gaslighting because they're saying that, um, and putting like kind of projecting their own views onto you. And it's also not being, uh, being abusive. It's also not being a good Christian. So you're going to tell that person that? Are they going to tell that person, stop being the way that you are, don't be abusive because you're not being a good Christian? No, they go to the person who's actually on the receiving end and say, you know, it's your fault. It's your responsibility. No, that's not That's not how it works. Exactly. Like someone, said to me, someone said to me recently, this was another family member about this particular family member who I'm no contact with. Um, <laughs> life is too short. And I said, yes. That's exactly why I've made the decisions that I have. I agree with you. Life is too short. Mm. That's exactly why I do what I do. That's exactly why this person is no contact. You, they're trying to say life is too short, so make up. There's nothing to make up from. It's not like something happened and we can just move on from it. It's a decision I've made consciously. It's safer and more peaceful for me. Please respect that. Focus on yourself. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, focus on yourself. I, I've told somebody a couple months ago in my family that this high conflict parent is no longer good for my wellness in any aspect. And, you know, I was told, well, you're thinking about yourself too much, Ursula. Yeah, you can't think about yourself too much. You have to think about yourself because the person's not thinking about you. So who else is going to do it? There is no too much. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to focus on yourself, you don't do that. I will do what I need to do for my own safety and protection and my own energy. That's the only answer that you don't even need to explain to anybody. But if they keep persisting, I need to do what's necessary for me to protect my energy. And having that in my life is not uh, in alignment with that. I, that's so some good get stuff. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, I know it's easy to say and it's hard with family, but it's like, seriously, life, like, it's cliche. Life is too short and I'm not going to sit here and put up with crap or anything less than what I deserve to feel bad, to feel drawn down into their chaos or drama. For what? For others? No, I'm not going to do that. Exactly. Nobody should do that. 
No, it, I feel that we grew up in such a society, like the culture of it is that looking for your own wellness, your own well-being, your own being an advocate for your own mental health is selfish and that it's a lot more acceptable. I'm not saying it's right, but acceptable on self-sacrificing yourself and you're denying yourself all every time you go against what you really do feel. We can say all we want, but we can feel it. Yeah. And I think the question to ask ourselves is, you know, it, I mean, to me, it's really simple. It's like, do you want to continue feeling bad to please others? Or do you want to feel good and have other people be disappointed? I don't care. You, we go and die on our own. We're not with them. They don't pay your bills. You live your life, they live theirs. It's like we can all respect one another if there is respect there, but it's a two-way street. Mm. Yeah. And the Christian thing, like, I mean, I'm not religious, so I don't uh, get involved in that. But it's the thing is, yeah, does it say anywhere in the Bible that anyone should be abusive and everyone should just put up with it? Don't think it does. Exactly. Exactly. So maybe if you want to be sassy, you could say to that person, well, you find me the part of the Bible that says that this is acceptable and I might listen to what you're saying. But until then, I've got to do what I've got to do. That's right. Mm. To survive. Healthy. Healthy. And the last uh, on this post is, and this goes right into what we were just talking about, when they guilt you into doing something as a family, they'll create chaos out of nothing and ruin the day. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the general thing around the world is, you know, family is important. We... We need to look like a family. We need to do it either for the children or for other family members so that we look like we are a family. But looking like a family and actually being a family are two very different things. And why would you spend time with someone who abuses you? Abuse you once within in the marriage or relationship and then continues to outside. Why would you want to do that? Some people... I mean, I think this is just my uh, my perspective. It's a big mistake to do it for the children so that they see us happy together. Why do you say what? that? Because the children seeing you happy together is fake happiness. And then when the child is old enough to understand and you explain what happened, if they ask you, which they usually do, and you explain, it's going to be, well, they couldn't have been that bad because we spent all those Christmases and Thanksgiving together, all these holidays. So it's not going to be in alignment with how you truly feel and what truly happened. If you spend all this time with this other parent, the child's going to be confused as to, are you really telling the truth that they were that bad? Did they really do those things? You know, so to not spend time with the other parent, the child doesn't need to see you happy together, just need to see you happy separately. That's fine. That's just my perspective. I think that's fair. I think if I think if the children see it separately, and I'm talking, I'm speaking from when I was a child. Now, yeah. as an adult looking back, um, I feel that seeing a parent parents separated and happy, it's a lot more authentic 
Yes. And then, a child yeah. doesn't necessarily have to have the parents together to be to see them happy. They can just see them happy individually. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to have this uh, pretend happy family thing for the sake of the child because, yeah, it's not really, I don't think long term that serves any purpose. And it you're hating every, every minute of it as the safe parent anyway. So why put yourself through that? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Whew. All right. So let's get <laughs> into some questions from the viewers. Anyone listening, I put out a post. If anyone had questions for Sarah about how, why, when, where, co-parenting with a high conflict ex, a narcissistic ex, I told everyone to send me your questions and that's what people have done. They were lighting up my DMs. <laughs> but you know what? This is actually good. Uh, and one person, they actually said they use, they've seen you and I before. So they definitely ah, want okay. to tune in. Yes. they Because they're yeah. going through it right now. And yeah. they said that they feel like they are on literally an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't know if she's coming or going and she feels guilty um, about her. Her gut is telling her not to be around this person, but she wants to make it good for the kids. So yeah, I was like, tune well, in, tune in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they are separate. They're not together. Separated. They are yeah. separated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want me to answer that one now? Um, well, or... well, let me go into yeah, some of the yeah. other questions because hers is in there and I probably already said it. Okay, so here's the first question. This caller, this viewer said, why is my ex calling me now after being missing in action for months? <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> why not if you bite? It was worthwhile, wasn't it? If you don't, then it wasn't. Mm. Everything that if you're dealing with, let's say it's a narcissist, we don't know. But if you're dealing with somebody like that, supply. Supply is why. Ah. So so why wouldn't they? If you haven't blocked them, why wouldn't they? You left the door open somehow, then, then they will try and walk through. Ah, just like the birthday card, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's the thing. The address, uh, sorry, just a sidebar. This person didn't have my address. They found it through someone else. So that's the even worse part. (laughs) Oh, shit, really? Yeah, yes, yeah. So they will go through whatever lengths they will to get supply, to reel you in, to hoover you back, to love bomb you, whatever it may be. If you leave the doors open, they will find a way to enter them. If you block them everywhere, how can they get hold of you? They might be able to try, but you just need to keep slamming those doors. If you don't want them to contact you, keep slamming them right in their face, as in block them everywhere with every attempt each and every time. But everything is for supply. Yeah. So can you explain to the viewers uh, about hovering and what that means and what supply means? Yeah, so hoovering is like a hoover attempt to suck you back in. So suck you back into the vortex. It's like dipping the, you know, casting the rod out and seeing, you know, it might not be you, there might be other people as well. Who's going to bite? 
who's going to bite first to feed me? Their supply is attention, your attention on them, give talking to them, whether it's about good things or bad things, it's still attention, which is narcissistic supply, which is mm. their fuel. It makes them feel important, like they are worthy and they can pull your strings or push your buttons and you're going to jump. Mm. So do not feed, block everywhere if you can, if you don't share children. If you do share children, you can't really block, but you can limit their access to you. for joining me on this episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. If anything you heard today made your soul vibrate, please like, comment, and share this episode with two of your friends. Thank you and I love you all. This for the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and Buddha walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog.